What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Today is September 17th. Wow. And it's time for a little Football Friday. So on today's show, we will actually combine yesterday's show with today. Unable to record yesterday on a Thursday for our deep dive show. So we'll kind of do a deep dive Football Friday. Some handicapping, some conceptual stuff and we'll just uh, kind of have some fun today so football friday get ready and then uh tomorrow morning we'll have our saturday's quick picks uh, special thanks to better edge online betteredge.com that's b-e-t-t-o-r edge.com like sports better vig free betting all on a social platform so it's really not a sports book. That's why you can use it in California and a lot of places where you can't legally sports bet yet. Most states you can use it. And uh, the way it works is it's more like a stock trading platform where you can name a price to any game. If you want a team minus three and they're minus five, you can name it. It may not get taken, but here's how it works. They just match you up with someone in the country who wants the other side. So you don't pay a VIG and they don't take any of the money. So it's seriously VIG free betting. I recommend everyone get involved and it's really fun. Online, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Use promo code SHARP. That promo code gets you a free $10 and uh, lets them know we sent you right here on the Sharp Angle Podcast. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, Football Friday. Let's start off talking about game theory because this has been a really popular topic lately with the NFL and coaches, well, the NFL and college, frankly, coaches not being very good at in-game decisions, like when to spike the ball, when to take timeouts, when to kick field goals. Now, you may think, Tyler, what the hell do you know? You know, you always say on this show, give coaches benefit of the doubt, and that's true for things like play calling, X's and O's, things that I don't know a ton about. Of course, you have to rely on the coaching staff. You just You got to give them benefit of the doubt, so on and so forth. But there's certain things that show up in the statistics, and I know coaches don't usually love analytics, But analytically speaking, a lot of coaches are making errors. They're making mistakes. Uh, The percentage of you getting a fourth and two inside your 25-yard line in the NFL is much more, let's say, profitable. We always use that word on this show in terms of points, right? So it's much more, uh, uh, you're expecting more points out of going for it, fourth and two inside the 25. Most coaches will kick especially if they're outside the red zone in between the 20 and 24 yard line. And that's not the right play. Another example, and this is more backed on math. And this one's really interesting. Did you know the last 10 years in the NFL? Okay. So historically for this last era of NFL football, teams who are leading by three points with under five minutes to go have a higher winning percentage net net than teams who are winning by six. Let me repeat that. If you take all factors into account, all teams leading by three points for the last 10 years with five minutes to go in the game, okay? Five minutes to go in the game, you're up by three. You have a higher winning percentage than if you were up by six. So why is this? Why does this work? Well, it's because teams who are down by six naturally know it's touchdown or bust. So you have to score. You go for it on fourth down. You call high-risk plays. It's more likely to generate a touchdown. That's why teams leading by six actually lose more often within the last five minutes. Because if you're only up by three, 
Now the other team plays much more conservative only for the field goal, playing for overtime. If it's fourth and two on the 30-yard line and you're down three, you're kicking. If you're not, you're going for it. That's why, taking that into account, if you're a head coach and you're up by three inside, let's say, the 30, 35-yard line inside five minutes, go for it. Because if you miss the field goal, well, you're still up three. Analytically speaking, historically speaking, that's a better position to be in than up six. And if you get the the fourth down and you keep driving, well, now you're going for the touchdown, going to lead by 10 points, a.k.a. two possessions, which the game's likely over. So when you think about these things, when you think about game theory and how coaching decisions uh, drive by drive, minute by minute impact the game, coaches really aren't great at this. And it's hysterical how bad a lot of their decisions can be. And again, I know incorporating game theory into this. Oh, great, Tyler. Game theory. Let's go. It's so important. And look, game theory, when I say game theory, it's just the theory of how to approach games. And it was actually, historically speaking, I'm using that phrase a lot today, historically speaking, right? Nerd, nerd alert. Um, But the inventor of game theory, uh, that's actually kind of disputed. A lot of people say it's uh, John von Neumann which that's what I've read. But online, you can also find uh, uh, Lloyd Shapley credited. Either way, they're, they're both kind of co-credited with the game theory or with game theory. But what it is, is it's how to approach games to maximize your potential to win. Now, we can't really apply game theory in most cases to sports betting, but it can certainly be applied to uh, daily fantasy or sports betting contests like the Circa or the Super Gold, because you're not just playing the game, it's a meta game. you're playing against other people. Uh, even fantasy football, when you're drafting against your friends season long, there's a lot of game theory that goes into, do you trade? Do you trade a draft pick? Who do you trade? When do you trade? You know, Valuing players, valuing picks, all that stuff. It's all game theory. So coaches, as good as they may be at X's and O's and, and calling plays, You know, John Gruden the other night, even though Oakland won, made so many bad losing decisions. It's just, you know, they should have a a pure statistics analytics guy in their ear to say, hey, kick it here, go for it here, call timeout here, spike it here. That's what I think. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to some handicapping. Now, we're actually going to do some handicaps in college football. Got a couple games I can go into here, but let's first do some NFL power rankings because we did this yesterday or on Wednesday, I guess. And uh, I have my full list of NFL power rankings, and I told you guys how to use some of the top 10 teams I gave out. And uh, today I figured we'd kind of go through this and give everyone a starting point if you feel like handicapping a couple games. Now, keep in mind, these are starting points. From this, you do other incorporations like COVID concerns or things that may not be taken into account based on math. If it's based on math or you know it's simple, away, at night, things like that, it's incorporated in these numbers. So... Uh, let's go over New Orleans and Carolina. A lot of people betting on New Orleans. I personally am leaning towards Carolina. I already have a couple teasers with the uh, Panthers that uh, I've identified that I think are positive EV. But uh, New Orleans, so let's go through this. New Orleans, I have as uh, my number six team in the NFL at 3.1 points better than average. I've got Carolina my 21st team in the NFL at negative 0.9. 
points better than average. That's how these ratings work. It's it's how many points better or worse than you based on the average teams in the league. So Carolina, minus 0.9. New Orleans, 3.1. That means New Orleans is four points better than Carolina. So if this game, if this game were on a neutral field, we'd say, okay, New Orleans is a four-point favorite. But this isn't neutral field. This is at Carolina. And Carolina's home field for this game, I have rated at 2.8. So we have to incorporate 2.8 points for Carolina. That gives us a final of New Orleans minus uh, minus 1.2. So New Orleans is a 1.2 point favorite, a.k.a. because in the market it's half point increments. That would look like New Orleans minus one at about minus 120 or so. So that's our line. Now, the line in the market is Carolina plus three and a half, New Orleans minus three and a half. So we've got New Orleans minus one, minus 120 or so, and the market has New Orleans minus three and a half. So without doing any other homework, we see clear value on Carolina. Now, does that mean we blindly bet Carolina or bet Carolina now? No, now we go in, do some extra handicapping, things like that. But we have as a starting point, New Orleans minus one at about minus 120. So some value on Carolina. Uh, game number two, this is the, the second and final NFL game we'll do today. Uh, Cincinnati at Chicago. I've got Cincinnati, my 25th best team in the NFL, at two and a half points worse than average. And I've got Chicago, my 23rd team in the NFL, at 1.9 points worse than average. So that means I've got Chicago as 0.6 points better than Cincinnati. So I've got Chicago 0.6 points favorites up favorites, about a half point favorite on a neutral field. But Chicago's home field for this game is 2.9, which gives us an even line of Chicago minus three and a half. So our game for this Chicago minus three and a half uh, let's see. Current market price is Bears minus one. It opened minus three. It's been bet down to minus one. And I like this bet too. I'm actually going to give this out right now as an early best bet for Sunday because I don't know what this is going to do. But right now, as we speak, Bears minus one is value. Uh, I think everyone saw Cincinnati beat Minnesota last week. They saw Chicago look terrible on prime time. This is a situation I love betting. So the Bears, I really like the Bears this week. And uh, I will give it out right now. We have minus three and a half. They're currently minus one. All right, let's get on to some college football. A couple of handicaps for college football. And uh, yeah, I, you know, these aren't going to be power ratings based like we just did in the NFL. This is going to be more, uh, you know, bullet by bullet handicap based. Uh, let's first start off with Auburn and Penn State. Uh, I'm going to take Auburn on the road. This is, uh, I think, six and a half. Let's see what this number is currently at. Let's get it pulled up just a second here. Oh, wow. That's at minus five. Oh, okay. Well, uh, uh, wasn't a five earlier in the week when we did this. All right, whatever. Let's let, I mean, mm, (laughs) okay. Uh, I guess we can move off that game. So look, I was going to give Auburn out. I thought it was six and a half. Still, it's five. I don't see a ton of value at five, but I do like Auburn if the number goes up. Let's give some other handicaps, though. West Virginia and Virginia Tech. I just got some of these pulled up, so we'll go through a couple. 
Uh, West Virginia, not the same offense we're used to seeing the last couple of years. They've played three quarterbacks this season, very sporadic, and they've not gotten the backing from their head coach. None of them have. Uh, after a sputtering offensive showing last week, or excuse me, against Maryland, they came out last week and looked decent against Long Island, but what did we learn really against an FCS team with West Virginia? Also, West Virginia grading very poorly at offensive line, especially run blocking. If you group together the linemen in this game, five of the six top offensive linemen will be playing for Virginia Tech. West Virginia, their best lineman, Doug Nestor, has only played 55% of snaps that are high leverage snaps this year. Not a great O-line, not deep, huge edge there for Virginia Tech. And you could easily make the case Virginia Virginia's uh, tech strength is also stopping the or is stopping the rush great interior linemen so West Virginia gonna have to rely on the pass something they actually haven't minded doing historically last couple years but this year they really want to get away from that Neil Brown their head coach has come out several times and said they want to be more balanced as a matter of fact this year 76 rushes 72 passes. So when they're forced to pass the football, how do they react? I don't think it goes too well. Virginia Tech, on the other hand, they want to run the football and they are great at running the football. Uh, I don't think West Virginia has the guys to stop the rush and win the battle on the line. Like the offense, I don't think their defensive line matches up well with Virginia Tech. And to me, that's where a lot of this handicap comes down to. So I think Vautech can control the game, win the battle at the line, and and, uh, contain this West Virginia offense. So uh, I do like West Virginia there. Again, the other game I was going to give out was Auburn. Uh, Let's give out Cincy. When's that game? Let's see this one. Cincinnati at Indiana. Cincinnati plus three and a half. Yeah, let's give Cincy out. Uh, Indiana does not spread the ball out very well. 26 of 36 targets have been to Ty Freifogel or a DJ Matthews. Cincinnati, on the other hand, has seven players with at least three catches and no one with more than six. So Cincinnati really spreading it out. Tough to predict what they're going to do. Indiana, on the other hand, looking very predictable. Uh, Cincinnati does seem to have an edge in run blocking. Indiana has the edge pass blocking, but the whole question comes down to, you know, can Cincinnati run the football this game? Um, I think it does come down to that. And look, Iowa did give somewhat of a blueprint to beat Indiana. Okay, I know Iowa's a really good team this year. They did it with defense, but Cincinnati's built pretty similar. They have a good defense. They can pressure the quarterback. As a matter of fact, they pressure the quarterback, and they don't allow pressure. Indiana this year, 14 pressures allowed. Cincinnati, three. So I do like Cincinnati that game, plus three and a half on the road at Indiana. And, uh, okay, that does it for today's show. Again, we were going to give out one more, but that line's changed. We're gonna, we bet numbers, not teams, so we're not going to force anything on this show. But that does do it for today's podcast. Stay tuned tomorrow about 8 a.m. or so, or excuse me, about 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll come out with Saturday's Quick Picks. And uh, until then, good luck, whatever you guys have going today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. Sharp Angle.